Welcome back to Study Me. I'm Allie Black, your host, and we're here again, as always, with artist D. Black. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Donald's opening at the McDonough Museum of Art at Youngstown State University, which is now on view until March 5th. Uh, The title of the exhibition is A Day No One Will Remember. So to start, I just want to read the statement from the exhibition, if that's okay. Definitely. All right. A Day No One Will Remember is a series of photographs of ordinary days that are filled with childhood play, imagination, quiet, creative expression, and innocence. Centering the black child in this series is critical because of their premature loss of adolescence. Stories of childhood pain and trauma often dominate our memory. These images represent the balance against the mental suffering that takes place when personal trauma overwhelms us. Created in Black's hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, a city marked with violence, poverty, grief, and trauma, these images carry the city's gritty, moody, and stark living conditions. Black's personal familiarity with Cleveland allows these images to illuminate an authentic and literal close-to-home narrative. There is no guarantee that these real and rare everyday experiences will happen again, making it critical for these images to be captured. Black leans on the camera to collect the valued memories of childhood illustrating them in a rare light with emotions and expressions turned on and unconfined. So first of all, it's just (laughs) a hell of a fucking statement for um, this beautiful, incredible body of work. Um, So I guess I want to ask you, you know, clearly this work is about um, or is capturing black children. Um, and there are what, how many images of, um, mm, is it maybe 18, I think okay. 18 images in the show and, and it's 18 images, all of children, right? Yep. Okay. So I just want to ask you, um, just off the bat, like who are the images, who are the images of, and why are they of those specific folks? Okay. Who are the images of? Simply put, they're images of children, young people who are around me. Um, And then more specifically, it's like family members, um, friends of family members, their children. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's images of children who remind me of being a kid when I'm around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you say in the statement that um, it's important to document these black children because of their premature loss of adolescence. Um, is that something that you think is spe- like specific to you or is it like specific to them or just specific to black children in general? Um, I think it's specific to all three. Maybe in the in in that order of all three, it being specific to is like specifically me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I got old enough to start to learn what people mean or say when they ask me, do I feel like I grew up too fast? You know, responsibility kicking in at an early age. Um, and then for me to start to learn that my, learn the parts of my lived experience that are universal experiences to people. And then starting to learn how some of those lived experiences are universal to black people. Um, and then it's a book that I've been reading, A Rage of Innocence. Um, and I don't want to mess up the author's name. But in reading this book, the writer is putting very, she's putting in perspective um the parts of my lived experience that are universal to black people, specifically black children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean that that the 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 absence of that, the having to take on, you know, not letting, not living a life that allows your parents to say, "I'm gonna let, you know, my child just be a child," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it speaks to that. Right. I, I think that's like really important because, you know, you and I both work a lot with young folks. And I know I know specifically or personally for me, I just know that like my students are so often like having to take care of the younger siblings or do these like things that might have adult responsibilities. But in like these images in this exhibition, we literally see the kids like playing with light or riding a bike or me mugging to the camera or playing on a fence or trying to open a door, you know what I mean? Playing in a shadow or playing in a puddle, you know, these kind of like innocent things that, you know, aren't really like those things that are like very, very vivid in our memory when we think back to our childhood. And now you've captured these things um, like very beautifully for for the young folks or for whomever to experience experience these, you know, these moments. You know what I'm saying? I just saw I think I just think that that's like really, really important. It's interesting that you highlight um that the image represent these that that level of innocence, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I have childhood memories that are vivid and stark of my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But those memories are equally in contrast with all of the stuff that I experienced that was innocent. Like mm, I remember, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and I, and I, I feel like like when I'm around my cousins and family and friends, I feel like that's the conversation that we're having mm-hmm. and the conversation about, do you remember when we, you know, gets, it, it introduces so many conversations. Um, so yeah, I guess. Yeah. What oh, like, that? um, you like remembering, do you remember when. I made this hot dog for you. Or do you remember when I used to brush your hair or comb your hair or get you ready or take you to well, school or all yeah, of that? All, yeah. yeah. The responsibility being an innocent 
Right. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is as much as I remember having early responsibilities Mm -hmm. and I can tell those stories, Mm -hmm. I equally remember all of the stories that me and my cousin reminisce on. Gotcha. On a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You know, that's. Yeah. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, those memories that me and friends and family reminisce on is the full inspiration for these images that's in this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I recognize that we don't have images of none of that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. We ain't got no pictures. Yeah. Yeah. You guys remember them, but it's, it's like it wasn't documented. It wasn't documented. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, it says in the um, statement, um, stories of childhood pain and trauma often dominate our memory. Do you think that stories of childhood pain and trauma often dominate our visual representation of what we see of black kids and not just our memory? Yes. I totally, I, I totally feel like the, the image of childhood pain and trauma is what do, dominates the, like the visual spectrum of imagery and representation of black children. Mm, is that is that kind of too what motivates you to document these everyday ordinary imagination, childhood play, quiet moments? I think I think that's it um that's not what motivates me to do it. Okay. I recognize that me doing it is serving more of a purpose than what my intentions are. You know, my intentions is to take pictures of all of the shit that I didn't take pictures of when I was a kid. The the take pictures of what I influence young people around me with cameras to shoot. I'm shooting it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 a huge part of my motivation. I recognize that in doing that, I've started to create imagery that represents us in a more complete way to how we experience in ourselves and each other mm-hmm. and our lives. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But yeah, so no, the, the negative or traumatic imagery, the oversaturation of it, it's not what motivates me mm-hmm. um, to do it. Okay, do you think... Um do you think they care about that? Do you think they care about these ordinary days, the this everyday lived experiences? Who is the they? The like, they. like the they of the art world. Do they care about these kind of images, or do they want to see the pain and trauma that often dominate our memory? I mean, I'm not sure what they really want to see. Okay. Um. But it seems like what's familiar to them is the painhood, childhood, you know, Mm -hmm. little black kid with the flies on his face type shit you see in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I asked that though. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, I feel like I've experienced enough of them engage in the images of black children that I photograph that they seem to be experiencing the photographs. Mm-hmm. You know, just in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when I, I was asking about, like, what's the importance or the world, well, what's the significance of these specific kids? Like, these are your family members. These are the kids around you. Like, 
why is that important to you to capture them? A huge reason why it's important to capture the kids that are around me is because I didn't get to capture their parents. Mm. You know, like when I'm looking at the pictures of these children, it's almost like I don't even see them first. Mm. I see their parent. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know what I mean? Right. Like in my mind, all of the children have names, but when I'm talking about the work and I'm talking about the photographs, I recognize that I share their parents' names. Like they are like a product of, you know, this person and a product of that person. Um, me hearing myself communicate that on a regular basis made me realize that as much as I'm photographing Malaya, I'm really photographing Tawana. You know, and it, as much as I might be photographing Manny, it's like I see Ernest. And... Ernest and Tawana as kids or Ernest and Tawana as adults or both? You know what I'm saying? I, I see Ernest and Tawana just period. Just period, yeah. You know, like when I yeah. look at the picture of one of the kids, it's triggering the image in the face of their parent mm -hmm. in my brain. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like literally, mm -hmm. that's what's happening. Can I ask you a quick question about the parents? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think that the parents are, how are, how do the parents react or respond to the images that you're shooting of their children? Uh, the reactions that are shared with me about how they feel about the images of their kids is, you know, just appreciation, gratitude, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. if any emotion is mm. shared is that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i often wonder what they think and how they really feel about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but it's just a wonder gotcha okay and so in a follow-up to that question is then how do the kids that you photograph how do they respond to seeing themselves or just young people in general how do they respond to seeing the work of young folks who look like them up and out in the world? The kids that are in the pictures, the way they seem to respond to being in the photographs is that when I'm around them, I feel like they're ready for the next photograph. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a communication that we have that this is, they see me as the person who does this, mm -hmm. you know, and then they've, seen some of the images go like as murals outside, you know, so at, to whatever extent they become topic of conversation, even if it's amongst the, their, their peer level cousins and family. Um, and then the kids who aren't in the pictures that seem to experience the pictures, especially when they're murals, it's kind of like the, they, they, they seem to want to be the kid in the picture. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. like I find them saying that, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard young ladies go back and forth with each other about which one of them is actually in the picture. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's <laughs> amazing because it's mm -hmm. like, okay, if I'm trying to figure out how to show them something that they recognize for them to really actually see themselves mm -hmm. is mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because that's what I would say that I'm trying to do right. in a general way is create imagery and representation where they can see themselves. You know, mm-hmm. you hear these kind of theoretical ideas like see yourself in the artwork, see yourself in the world, blah, blah, blah. So for them to validate that, like, oh, shit, that's me. No, mm-hmm. girl, that's me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, wow, like, we used to play bingo. Like, we wanted to claim the car that was riding down the street. Right. I'm watching kids claim to be the kid in the picture. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, is it either one of them? I wonder. No, in the in those scenarios, it's neither, it's neither young lady. Yeah, it's somebody completely different. Yeah, somebody... 10 years older than you. That's that's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, So what about like um, representation and like your experience growing up like in galleries? Because this, you know, show was at a gallery. Did you experience representation of seeing young black kids on the wall growing up when you went to see art? I, no, I didn't. I didn't experience seeing young black kids on the wall when I was going to see art. Mm. And I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I mean, I didn't been to uh, so many shows. I couldn't even guess how many. Mm-hmm. I don't remember experiencing what I feel like young black kids are experiencing when they coming into some of the shows that I've put together. Mm-hmm. I don't remember experiencing that. I don't remember being excited about the photograph that represented me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you're, I know that like when you go into classrooms, sometimes you show images of, you know, the your work that um, reflects black kids. And these are to, you know, students who you may have never worked with. Um, and they, do they, how do they respond to seeing, like, in addition to, oh, that's me, that's me, like, are they, are they, do they want to get their picture taken? Or, like, what's their response? Like, when you go into a classroom and you're showing your work? Mm, classroom showing the work. I mean, I get a range of responses. Okay. Um, but I recognize that the the universal or the collective response is engagement. You know what I mean? So I would argue that I'm showing them images that are are familiar or reflective or something. It's some it's some kind of visual connection that's happening. Is why I've used my photographs as my own like resource mm-hmm. material when I'm showing young people my work. But if I'm working with a group of creative kids, I'm showing them my work. I was I think I was taught or I learned that I shouldn't. But it's been my secret weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of then broke down barriers and walls with engaging with young black kids, mm-hmm. any age level, just showing them the pictures. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like me showing them the pictures is ultimately me telling them who I am. And I feel like what they're receiving from who I am is that I'm one of them mm-hmm. or I'm one of these. I'm, I'm, I have the same inside perspective mm-hmm. of of the way they see the world or some shit mm-hmm. you know right right that just gave me chills because i you know i have literally given my students i'm talking about specifically at mary b martin which is a cleveland public school cmsd um 
I've given my students who are, you know, kindergartners um, a stack of your images when I was struggling to get them to write. And the moment that I gave them the images of your photographs that were reflections of them, it's like the whole classroom lit up. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking about that, like how it is how it resonates with those kids and how they were then excited to kind of tell the story that they saw in their mind when they look at, you know, a specific image of, of yours. And then it makes me think about like your title of this exhibition, which is A Day No One Will Remember. And it seems to be a little bit of, like when I'm thinking about that moment with the kids and your title, there seems like there's some tension so um, I just want you to talk a little bit about why a day no one will remember for these photographs. So with the title, and I think the tension with the title, it's is rooted in a couple different areas. When you had that flashback with your family or your cousins, what I realized is everybody isn't remembering all of the stories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes somebody's communicating a story that nobody else remembers, but they remember it, right? So that's one level to it. Another level to it is I realize that I hear my mom, I hear myself say, my mom shared my whole life with all of the kids around me mm-hmm. because she was the one that took us on all of the trips and to Jaga Lake and the amusement parks and you know, skiing and all this different roller skating and all this different stuff. And for me to move away from my home environment and then to move back as an adult and realize what I realized is that, you know, some of the roughest, toughest, wildest niggas holding on to them stories. Mm -hmm. Like that, just in general, kind of blew me away mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I realized that these memories that some of these people around me that they've collected were the experiences they had with me mm-hmm. and part of me saying nobody if nobody was a person nobody is them mm. them being the people outside of our environment Mm-hmm. whoever they actually are. Mm. So in the title, nobody is actually somebody. Okay. Like, is I'm, I'm calling that outsider a nobody. Mm-hmm. But it's not the kids that's like a Mary B. Martin type thing. You know what I'm saying? What that, you mean? Like, the no one is not the Mary B. Martin kids, because those kids were like, you're the lady with the pictures. Where's my picture? Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the no one is the outsider. Because the reality is, these experiences that we having as kids that we hold on to, somebody gonna remember that shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if one person remembers, and then they send it to another, and it's like, oh, I forgot about that. That type of thing happens. Like so, the no one is definitely not a everybody gonna forget about us type of thing Mm -hmm. like no that's Mm -hmm. not what it's communicating Mm -hmm. no one will remember it it's like a day no one will remember 
because the no one is the outsider mm-hmm. and that's who who's going to remember this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but i know how it sounds it sounds yeah. like nobody's going to remember these experiences no yeah. i know 100 percent that the kids on them bikes the I mean, the, the kids in those photographs are going to remember being photographed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. no matter how old they get yep. because the photographs, I don't want them to be tucked until right. they see them again until they 20. Right. You know, my goal is for those images to be floating around them where they have access to them. So it keeps the memory always on. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 No, that's that's real because it's just like it's making me think of um, the image tangled that's in the exhibition with um, the young girl with her head slightly tilted back with, you know, I think she has like two or three ponytails. But, you know, for her, the actual girl who's in the photograph, she's going to remember that forever. And if I'm not mistaken, you know. I know that that image is on the, you know, on a mural on outside of the Harvey Rice Library here in Cleveland. And I don't know, does she remember when she saw the mural that you took that picture of her when she, you know, cause of course now she's grown up, but when she was in the photograph, she's a little girl, but does she remember when you took the original photograph? Yeah, I mean, talking to her mom, she remember coming to get their picture taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. I remember seeing on um, Instagram, you know, however many years later, now that the mural is up and the girl in the picture is standing in front of the now mural and she's like duplicating or... Um, Mimicking the pose mm-hmm. of herself when she was a little girl, which is like, it's real special. Um, okay, so that's that gives me a little. I never knew that about the title, <laughs> um, and I think that that's 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 really profound. Um, but can you talk to us about just for our listeners who haven't gone to the show? What are the how are the photographs displayed? Mm. Um, so the photographs are displayed two ways. Um, I got pretty large images on wood panels, um, coated in epoxy. And those are about almost three feet by four feet on these wood panels. Um, and then I have, uh, and I think it's maybe six of those. And mm-hmm. then I got 12 images that are more traditionally framed smaller i think they are like 16 by 20 prints uh in 18 by 22 frames <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and it's 12 of those mm-hmm. uh so those kind of create those fill the space mm. and why the the two types why the mix um the mix is because i hadn't had an opportunity to make 18 of the larger wood panels gotcha okay <laughs> um and that body of work you know i've been playing around with a couple of different ways to display the work um but i hadn't produced and printed some of the images yet so i just felt it simple and necessary for me to print some of them small just to 
get them on the wall to experience them differently than being in the computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I combine the small ones with the large ones uh, to kind of to give you a I don't know like a break of how you got to engage with it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, the smaller ones make you want to get close. The larger ones you got to step back, mm-hmm. um, and it's two very completely different ways to experience the image. Um, because even though they're children in the images, the images I would describe them as bold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I, let me just say something about, um, the technical part of this conversation is that I, we're already a half hour in and I want to know if it's cool to switch to, um, talking about the actual opening and openings in general. If, if, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause we could talk a lot about the actual work and we may like reference some of it when we talk about the opening, but I, I really want to talk to you about the opening day of a day. No one will remember and just openings in general, as it relates to openings for exhibitions, photography, art world, et cetera. Um, so for me, when I experience January 21st, which is the day the um, exhibit opened, um, when I walked into the space, the very first thing that I thought about was the quote by Zora Neale, Zora Neale Hurston. Sorry, um, I feel most colored when I am thrown against a sharp white background because when I walked into the space, you know, the space, the walls are white, you know, the space feels kind of sterile, except for these black and white large images, and some of them a little smaller, of the black children. And so my question is to you is, how does it feel to have, like, your work kind of you know, this black folks dominate the space and the space being like this traditional, this is a white space. How does it feel? Yeah, how does it, how does it feel? Um, how does it feel from the work and the images to dominate the, like the white space? Mm-hmm. It, feel like, it feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It, it feels very like purposeful. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I can maybe you can help me dive deeper into that, but it feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, because I'm thinking like, you know, some I I don't know. I'm gonna just say this: like some folks might feel like it's a little aggressive to have these, you know, images of black youth you know, profound and big and in your face. Um, you know what I'm saying? In a in a white space. And when I say some people, I'm talking about white folks. Like, white folks might feel like, oh, gosh, you know. And I'm going to get to a list a little later because it was definitely some commentary that's backing up what the fuck I'm saying. Gotcha. <laughs> Where people feel intimidated, you know, afraid, um, you know, uncomfortable more than anything, I think is the best word. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just wondering, like, 
but you've said it. You said like if it, it feels good having these black kids in this space that's traditionally, um, you know, a space for white folks or a space for white artists, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But you know, what's interesting is that what feels good is when the work is on the wall, it, it reminds me of like what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, in a living in a racist blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not even thinking about it being in a white space, mm-hmm. in a white people space. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you Which have crazy, yeah. So let me ask you about that. So when when there's you know you get invited to a show, yep, and you get invited to the McDonough Museum of Art at Youngstown State University, yep. By the white curator woman, blah blah blah. Um, you're like you don't have any kind of thoughts about uh, I'm a black artist going into this white space, getting ready to show these black, you know, our black kids being themselves. You know, none of you don't have any like what's right. It's fun. It's crazy. I mean, just thinking about it now. What I'm thinking is no one is about to be there. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. No one is going to be at the opening. Yes. At the- and not that not one person is going to show up, but I feel like my audience is not going to be there. Mm. Is what I'm usually thinking. It's like, oh, yeah, I would love to do the show. It's going to be cool to put it on the resume. It's always a hell of an experience to experience the work outside of the computer, outside of my house, outside of our garage. Um, And the work going up on the wall is going to uh, re-energize and refuel me. And it's sad that ain't nobody going to be there. Nobody being black folks or just nobody being anybody. Nobody being black folks. Mm. Like, it's like, I'd literally be thinking like, damn, ain't no niggas going to really get the experiences. Mm. And I say really, because I know it's going to be some black people that's going to get a chance to experience it. But to think about it being in Youngstown, all I'm thinking is of how many niggas would connect with it that won't experience it. hmm hmm You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, like, yeah, yeah. it's... Maybe it comes from maybe early on in college, being like the only black dude in the class, showing the work. I felt like when my roommate and the guys around me would see what I'm working on, that was a rich ass experience in my apartment or in my dorm room. And then it's like I take it to the class and the engagement goes away. So it ain't even about people liking it or not liking it. It's like, are people, is, is this thing that I'm making engaging people or not like is it making people have a internal conversation or a external conversation about whatever it is they seeing or experiencing so i recognize that i'm not necessarily really getting that which is that in get level of engagement mm-hmm. to the extent that i feel like the work warrants it mm-hmm Gotcha. You know? I gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's just kind of like, oh, this is, is this is gonna be a 
it's gonna be a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I still gotta figure out how to get a thousand niggas in an environment like this because mm-hmm. that's the that's the goal. Mm-hmm. And an environment like this, I mean, in this beautiful ass space designated for experiencing art. Yeah. You know, not in their place or their system or we deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even coming from that side of it. It's like, no, just somebody really took a whole lot of time and effort to make this a hell of a space to engage Mm -hmm. with art. Mm -hmm. No, I feel you. I feel you. That's changing like my, my own perception of like your work specifically, um, being in these kind of spaces because my thought is like a little bit of the op- not the opposite but it's a little different like <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just like real pumped that it's some black faces on the wall that you know represent our beauty our talent our splendor our yada 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 but um so but let's talk about openings specifically openings okay. because uh I don't think this is something I've ever talked to you about but like um, tell me how this specific exhibition came to be. How were you invited? Um, this specific exhibition, I believe the director of the museum was familiar with my photography. Um, however, not sure exactly how, um, interested in doing a collaboration on a mural that never came to fruition. And to my understanding, an artist dropped out of the exhibition several months back um the director saw this as an opportunity to maybe put to showcase some of my work if i felt prepared to fill up one of the three or four galleries Mm, okay so that's how it came to be okay and so opening day was a couple weeks ago um what are you are you thinking about opening the opening day exhibition um Usually with the opening, I'm thinking that I might have to be very, very cautious Hmm. at my level of engagement with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And specifically white people. Hmm. What do you mean, cautious <laughs> of your engagement? I just, I feel like oftentimes when I'm like the black person on display or the black work is on display, you know, this is like, this is this stuff is an extension of me. So, and I feel like if I am in a, a, a white dominated owned space, that sometimes I'm experiencing white people be too comfortable. Mm. So I'm always just trying to make sure that if I'm experiencing them being too comfortable, that I'm being witty in Mm. my engagement, Mm -hmm. you know, more than I'm, you know, making them even more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like my presence is a level of discomfort. So do you feel like nervous, excited, charged? I'm anxious as fuck. You're anxious. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm very, very anxious. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm anxious mm-hmm. because it's like I'm going into a war zone that is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't sit and say, oh, like every time I do one of these things, I had this one same experience. It's mm-hmm. like I know that the experience is unknown, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be fair to it being unknown. And do you think if the like if your family and your friends and the hood and black folks showed up to open the opening, you would feel a little more relaxed, a little more. Or would... I totally feel like if black folks and the hood and niggas and everybody, if they showed up to the show, I'd be fine. I mm. wouldn't be anxious. I wouldn't mm. feel like um, the black representative or. I don't know. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm, when I'm in these situations, you know, oftentimes some of the conversation and the questions come towards me. Some of them are very specific and personal to me as the artist and very specific and personal to, or specific to individual pieces, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is um, probably my favorite part Mm -hmm. of the experience of an opening, whether it be all black folks or white folks or whatever. But sometimes it seems like it's an opportunity for white people to talk to like a nigga that they wouldn't have necessarily got a chance to have a conversation Mm -hmm. with. Um, Mm -hmm. And when it's a room full of us and it's specific people that I know, I know that I'm not the only representation of that. Right. So it relieves the level of responsibility uh, for that level of interaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 All right, so a couple observations from or reflections from the first from the opening day. So first, you know, my first recollection is that you were in a long conversation with a um with a white guy who I believe was like a musician and I think he got introduced to us as he was like a legend. Um or he was, you know, somebody really important. Yeah, he actually is, a, I think, an adjunct professor. Okay. And he's a sculptor. Okay. So I just want to ask, you know, because you were in a, in a pretty lengthy conversation with him. So I just want to ask, not exactly like what you guys were talking about, but like, how was that interaction? Was it, were you uncomfortable? Did you have to be witty? Were you acerbic? What, what was happening? No, usually if I'm in a long conversation with somebody gotcha it's a hell of a conversation okay um and it becomes one of those opportunities where i get to have a conversation with a white person in a way that's rare for me as much as i would imagine that this white guy's having a conversation with a black person Mm -hmm. that's rare for him Mm -hmm. and what i mean the rare part being what we're actually talking about Mm. you know because we talking we talking art, we talking technique, we talking aesthetic, we mm. talking race, we talking about racism. It's like a, a, it was a very complete conversation. It wasn't just one thing or the other. Okay. Um, and to some level, and, and to a huge level, it was, you know, an older man, you know, kind of patting me on my back. For real, mm-hmm. creatively, mm-hmm. you know, it's like so our levels of identification, you know, probably started at us being artists. Mm-hmm. So it's a very artist conversation, mm-hmm. you know, so on some old art and communication and all that breakdown barriers. Mm-hmm. We able to just really 
be ourselves. Right. And in being ourselves, neither one of us is making the other one uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because this same guy, so let me back up, because prior to you having this, like, lengthy conversation with him, he was there with a, a, fem- a white female, and we watched them walk in. They kind of circled the, the exhibition. They stopped it an image and the white woman started like she got real close up physically literally to the photograph and it was the picture of Mikhail um just a portrait of him with uh just kind of looking directly at the camera and he has on like a tethered t-shirt she walks up to it and she literally starts to touch the t-shirt you know, touch the image. And I'm like, uh-uh, you mm. know, like, uh-uh, girl, don't be touching that photograph. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, no, I love when people engage with the work. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you tell why? Because I, I didn't ask you, like, why. Right. So why do you like that type of engagement? Well, I feel like any level of engagement with the work is, like, my personal grading scale, for lack of a better word. And the more engaged people are with the work, the higher my grade for myself. Mm. So to watch people look and look closer and want to touch it and want to look behind it and grab it and all this different shit, it's like, okay, it's, it's, um, it's exchanging right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the work is doing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's communicating with this person in a way that has this person doing shit right 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 (laughs) and once i make it in my mind it's kind of like it's no longer mine Mm. you know and the fact that there's nothing that really says that i'm the artist Mm -hmm. when i'm in the middle of my opening Mm -hmm. people don't really tend to hide their behavior right right you know people are usually kind of taken away when they realize that i'm the artist Mm -hmm. because they're probably wondering in my mind, they're wondering how much has this nigga seen? Right, right. Or heard. Or heard. Mm-hmm. And the reality is I didn't seen and heard as much as possible because when the work is on the wall, that's when I get a real read on what it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, and that's fucked up because me, I'm, I'm taught don't touch shit in the museum. <laughs> you know, so that right. was my first, like, uh-uh. Not. No, and realistically, no, they shouldn't touch it. And yeah. if this was a white artist, we could have that whole conversation and blah, blah, blah. But for somebody who the rules haven't really always served me, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, it's like, fuck the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the, what's the learn? Right. What's the takeaway? Right, right. And that same woman came up to us with that guy. And she said words like exquisite and she talked about one image having like all this tension. So they were like deeply, deeply, yeah, admiring the work. Um, So we had them and then we had like a, I would say, I don't know, somewhere between, I don't know how old he was, but he was maybe in our peer, peer group, a black guy who came in jogging pants, tennis shoes hoodie so I thought he was a student but you ended up you know you knew him and the way he engaged with the work he kind of lapped the exhibition maybe two or three times I saw him reading the statement nodding his head taking a picture of it um what does that feel like for you when you see like a 
like a a peer or a, a, you know like your brother type thing engaging with the work and responding to the work in that way when i when i see like a peer level black man you know somebody who they would mistake us for each other mm-hmm. engaging is like it's it's a similar thing as um with the work on the wall like i feel like oh yeah yeah this is what i'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. this is exactly what i'm supposed to be doing it's mm-hmm. talk is like i feel like i'm i've realized that i'm i'm speaking a language and i can see who's receptive to that language mm-hmm. and it's not like it's all black folks that's receptive to the language that i'm speaking but I recognize that you don't have to be an adjunct professor who's been training in the communication of the visual arts for 40, 50 years to understand that language. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm experiencing, uh, that gentleman looking at the work, it's, it's validating my belief that visual art is a universal language in my opinion, which all the arts is actually the the universal languages is the language of the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but visual art is a, is a universal language. Right. Um, and nobody has to train you into being able to, uh, uh, nobody has to train you to see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're on the receiving end of it. Right. Right. And he asked you um, something along the lines of like, what inspired you to make this specific image? Is that annoying or is that, how do you respond to that? Well, the, 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 the question of, the question of what inspired me to make something, it used to be annoying because I didn't know the answer. Mm. Wow. And... Him asking me what inspired me to create that piece of that young guy on the bike was the first time I've been asked that question since I've understood what the answer is. Oh, wow. So when normally it would be, oh, this cheesy ass question, my response and what the truth is to my inspiration of that image made the question not annoying at all Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the inspiration wasn't something that I didn't read in an art history book. The inspiration was like, I'm talking to, to me, I'm talking to a nigga. Right. It's a real story. It's a real story. Mm -hmm. Like shit, nigga, like somebody need to engage with these young people. And if they saying it ain't no boys programs and I'm sitting there saying, well, what are young black men engaged in in the city of Cleveland that links with something that I'm attracted to, you know, the, the bikes and the willies and all that kind of stuff. I felt like I was supposed to jump in and try to figure out how I can give to the culture. Mm -hmm. And for me to be able to have that conversation and me to be aware that that is my inspiration for that picture. And I'm photographing him from a low angle because men of power have always been photographed from a low angle. Like, so for me to have stayed in it, and creating and learning and understanding and messing up long enough to have the answer to that question, I realized that there probably is no annoying questions mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. you know, and secretly I've been annoyed at that question because I didn't know what the fucking inspiration was. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes me think about our um, other conversation about talking about the work, you know, it's like at this point you're, 
ready, capable, you know, to talk about the work because you have, you know, him asking you that you got the answer. Right. You know, so don't it doesn't feel annoying or like a cheesy question, like you said. Right. Because I definitely when he said it, my gut, my impulse, my bodily reaction was feeling some kind of way about the question. Mm, mm -hmm, But mm. then that was instantly replaced by the the answer being triggered like oh i could tell him i mean i could tell everybody the truth at this point in my life right um but it didn't feel like a basic question that someone uninterested would ask me five years ago ten years ago right 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 um so Another observation that I had was while you were talking to another, I think, art instructor, art professor, rather, um, a a group walked in, a group of three, older white woman um, or middle aged white woman and two maybe like late teens or young adults. So anywhere between maybe 15 to 21 year olds walked in and um, two. So the woman was white. The. The boy was the boy was one boy was white and one boy was black. And the white boy, when he walked in, um, you know, he kind of just real one of them jerky ass white boys. You could just tell instantly walks in and says um, to an image of Manny, who's like me mugging the camera, walks in and says, oh, that must be Donald Black, you know, and the black boy kind of like laughs and then they go to the next image and then the white boy says oh yeah and that must be him right there when he got he must have got shot or he's you know something along the lines of he's dead he must have got shot um because I'm, I'm overhearing this um so I'm just wondering like in your experience um or with that example like what's your response to people who have like a an ignorant ass response to the work or a racist response or um ignorant responses to the work racist responses to the work probably for me are equally as significant to positive responses to the work and praises of the work it's like for me any response equates to the same the same level Mm, you know what i mean it's like to me i mean it's a racist response it's evidence i mean it's a lot of racist ass white people right you know what i'm saying so when someone's behavior matches you know the 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 what's being said it don't make me feel no kind of way oh okay you know what i mean it's kind of like you know like the one show at the opening where the white guy bought the piece of and that piece said it was a photograph of a book breaking rank chapter eight why white men kill uh why white men why white cops kill black men mm-hmm. that white guy who bought that piece said tamir rice was a fucking thug mm. to and your I, face yeah to my face mm. and highly disrespectful Racist as fuck. It's kind of like for me, it's important for me to be able to collect collect these situations. You know, I feel like a lot of people are confused that 
white people's behavior. You know, it's a lot of back and forths had um, about the level of of what racism actually is and are all white people racist and all that kind of shit. To me, it just becomes evidence. It becomes a, a, another story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a you know in a similar way as Claudia Rankin's book Citizen, you know, her collection of these experiences, like that shit is significant. Right. The collection of the racist ass experiences. It becomes evidence. It becomes proof. Right. It becomes uh, a validation of of what we feel like and know we're actually experiencing. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Is he going to remember the image? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And gotcha. what did it do for that black kid that's mm-hmm. walking around mm-hmm. with this white kid and this white adult who won't intervene in a way that's productive for the black kid. Right, yeah. Because they, they kind of kept circling, and she was like, come on, stop. Because every image, he had some kind of remark to make. Um, so I was just curious about that. Yeah, no, it. I I don't just, bother it me. It don't bother you. Because, see, I didn't, I didn't know. Do he remember that forever? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, like, right. is he going to always remember that he came into this exhibition mm-hmm. and seen all these black children that's actually his peer level mm-hmm. in ways that don't have them surrendering with their hands up? Right. Right. You know, that's what that be, that becomes my question. Right. Right. <sighs> Jesus. Um, all right. So um, ideal opening. What's the ideal opening for you other than your family, friends, the hood showing up? What else does it in, entail or encompass? That's it. That's what an ideal opening for me is. Ideal mm-hmm. opening is me to put my work on display and. We black the bill, we black it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the my target audience is the dominant population of people in the building. No matter kind, no matter what building it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't uh chasing this idea that I need to want to be or need to be the the first black and all that kind of stuff in these white spaces because we should be able to go anywhere. I get it, I understand it. I don't really give a shit about that. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to work up on the wall. Because when the work of work is on the wall and it's at the proper height and it has the proper spacing, you can engage. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's what I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. You know, this this space is designated for this. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I was gonna ask you something else, um, like an advice question, but I'm I'm really curious about what you just said about your ideal opening. Mm-hmm. And I wanna know. How do we make that happen? How do we make the ideal hap- the ideal opening for me happen? Um, <sighs> I mean, I got a lot of real technical ways of how to make it happen. Um, but I feel like the work needs to be in a space that's designated for the 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 work has to be where the people are. Mm-hmm. But it has to have the level of attention that's put into these spaces where the people don't go. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it gotta it, it has to be communicated through the through the hip hop lens of all of this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the world of digital art and NFTs and cryptocurrency, I really truly, truly, truly believe that 
the the merger of the two worlds that I feel like I, I've been experiencing are coming closer together, which is artwork on the wall, but black people in the building. Um, and I feel like NFTs is kind of turning into a bridge of 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 visual art and hip hop culture. Because I feel like once it's being communicated, once the the gallery experience is being communicated on the level of hip hop culture, then we can we'll we'll pack the building out. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's what's happening in the world of NFTs and uh, Web three point cryptocurrency, mm. blockchain, all that kind of shit. Is gotcha. I'm finding myself as um, what the culture is talking about. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. So you have an artist talk coming up um, Wednesday, February 23rd at 5 p.m. Um, somewhere along the line, you're going to have an engagement with um, – uh, some fifth through eighth grade female students um, doing ekphrastic poetry with your work. Um, the show is on view until March 5th um, at the McDonough Museum of Art in Youngstown State University. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell folks about the show, what's coming up, or anything else before we head out? No, I think you did a heck of a job. <laughs> I okay. think you did a, a heck of a job. All right. Well, make sure y'all check out the show. It's up on view until March 5th. The artist talk is uh, Wednesday, February 23rd. And um, uh, D Black is going to have a conversation, a uh, writing session with uh, young adults through the Lynx program. But if you go to Youngstown State University and look on the McDonough Museum of Arts page, you can follow and see everything that's coming up. So we'll see y'all next week. Thank Thank you, you. D-Black. Yep, thank you.